This podcast, The Two Mats, is sponsored as ever by the New European Newspaper. And we've got a very special subscription offer for you, a new one, where you can get a free bollocks to Brexit passport cover. That's right, you heard that right, folks. It's a burgundy, like vegan leather, beautifully designed passport cover. Pleather. To, to have pleather, that's what, that's what they call it, isn't it? Pleather. To hide your um, new British blue. The shame of the, the blue shame, The shame passport. of the blue passport. And you can get your free bollocks to Brexit passport cover free with a subscription to the New European from just £1 a week. So to take this fantastic offer, and trust me, if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love the New European, go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S, and there's a link in the show notes. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, I'm Matt Kelly. And I'm Matt Dancona. And this is the two mats for the week ending Friday, the 4th of August. A podcast presented by Two Wise Trees. Yes. <laughs> That will, that will make that sense. That will sort of make sense. <laughs> what did we talk about this episode, Matt? Well, we talked about possible title, Don and Barbie. We talked about the indictment against Donald Trump. But more to the point, we talked about how Donald Trump has kind of changed the boundaries of the conceivable and how that's really altered the way that we think about democracy. Yeah, and we also gave a good run-through uh, review of Barbie the film. We did, which yeah. uh, I think it's safe to say we both enjoyed. And um, and then we argued about David Baddiel. And then we had a bit of a domestic about David Baddiel. And that's Oppenheimer. Okay. And then, David Baddiel wasn't complaining about Barbie. He no, was complaining he, about he, Oppenheimer. Uh, so far. Yes. So far. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, there we go. Uh, plenty worth listening to. I hope you will agree. And this is The Two Mats, Episode 7, Don and Barbie. Enjoy. So, Matt, what are we going to talk about this week? Hard to avoid um, Donald Trump. Yeah. Third indictment in four months. And this is obviously the yeah. big one. Yeah. Um, it, we're recording this on Thursday. So today. Well, in yeah, in about two hours. He's yeah, in court, Actually, he? a bit later, I think. Or it, it's, it's, oh, yeah. Sorry. It's two it's four, hours, their time, of course, yeah. it's four o'clock their time. There, yeah. yeah, of course. Uh, he'll be. Is that uh, how time zones work? It is. I'll show you a picture of the globe later on, how it, how it works. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, and he'll be arraigned and uh, will presumably enter for pleas of not guilty. And then we have this amazing prospect yeah. that um, he may well 
either be convicted and stay out of jail or acquitted and stay out of jail or be convicted and go to jail all of which is amazing. And what's the time scale for the actual trial? Then? Well, uh, Jack Smith, who's the uh, rather impressive and scary uh, special counsel who's written this indictment, and it's only 45 pages long. And if uh, I would heartily commend it to listeners or viewers on YouTube because it's a really beautiful piece of concise prose. It's not legalese at all. It's easy to get on the internet. And um, it, it just reminds you of what went on between the election day of November the 3rd, 2020, and the inauguration of Joe Biden on January the 20th, 2021. And what it is, is basically he's gone for conspiracy. There are four charges, conspiracy to defraud the US, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, third, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding, and four, a civil, an interesting civil rights charge, conspiracy against rights to vote. Yeah, he hasn't gone for sedition and insurrection, which he could have, but it's it's quite hard to prove. Uh, and he then lists in in very cool but very clear language all of the instances where Trump either tried to manipulate the electoral process after the election, pressurizing people, and crucially ignoring. Um, clear opinion from two attorney generals, intelligence officials, cybersecurity officials, yeah. state officials, you've lost mate. Yeah. And, and then leads up, of course, to the dreadful day of January the 6th. And whilst Jack Smith, the counsel, is, is, is not accusing him of treason or sedition or anything like that, the undertow of it all is that this was a conspiracy involving Trump and six unnamed co-conspirators. Although they've kind of they're, they're mostly, they've worked out who five of them are. They're mostly identifiable. Yeah. Giuliani, um, Giuliani yeah. and Sidney Powell, who was yeah. very important in the kind of Fox spreading of the Trump lie. Uh, and a couple of other characters, John Eastman, who's a, who was a, um, is a, a, a constitutional historian who was sort of dragged in to um, allege that there was a case for not validating the election yeah. totally bogus um but there are some you know very compelling details like trump saying to mike pence this who, is extraordinary god help us emerges as part of the hero yeah. one of the heroes of this story you know you're too honest that's right you know amazing and a guy called jeffrey clark who was a not very distinguished justice department lawyer whom trump wanted to elevate to attorney general being warned, look, you know, this might lead if if we could carry on with this, this might lead to riots in the um, in the streets in cities. And Clark says, "What do you think the Insurrection Act is for? I, you know, will mobilise the police and, if necessary, the army yeah. to put down protests." Yeah, the Pence thing. I thought. I mean, that Pence is extraordinary, out. isn't and it? W- I mean, what what was extraordinary? And I, you you feel sorry for Pence because mm. he clearly realises that he not is a sentence in, we thought we'd be saying. He's in the middle of a shitstorm yeah. and in a very difficult place, and he is keeping notes like nobody's business, which was a revelation. Yeah, he is making notations of every conversation, and the, and the extraordinary one is he phones Trump on Christmas Day to say Merry Christmas, boss, and within two sentences, Trump's yeah. saying. Don't let these electoral votes count, you know. Yes. And Pence is saying, "But I, I can't do that. I don't have the authority to do that." And then six days later, he has another conversation where he makes this, and this was the nub of it to me. And and I think, in a way, when I read this, and without wanting to make cast the net too wide, 
Trump is the most extreme example of what I think is like an absolutely critical problem with politics is that dishonesty is somehow factored into yeah. the way they operate. And where he said to Pence, you're too, you're honest. too honest. It's an amazing it's, moment. It's an astonishing thing. But when you examine that sentence, you're too honest, you could apply that to all sorts of situations and all sorts of politicians, that both sides yes. of the Atlantic, everywhere, and say that there is something factored into the way a politician works that this, there's a certain level of dishonesty. Honesty as an option. As an rather, option. Rather than an obligation. Or pragmatic dishonesty, yes. if you want to call it. And, you know, yeah. we were talking about Keir Starmer the other week and saying, you know, well, is he is he being dishonest about his approach to Brexit? Is it's this just a now become ruse? a reflex to ask that, I think. And I don't blame people no, now for feeling pissed off and alienated when politicians do lie to them. This is part of the problem of the, the, all of this, is that it's... It's notionally one politician who is yet again being in, you know, now involved in his third criminal indictment. But actually, it's about the whole system, not just in America, but, you know, across the Western world, uh, how we treat democracy and what voters expect of it and their disillusionment. And I think that what is very worrying about this is that, first of all, the the chances of him being convicted are decent, but not certain because his lawyers have already made clear they're going to fight very hard on First Amendment rights. free speech, yeah. Now, Smith, in his indictment, acknowledges very sensibly up front Trump had a First Amendment right to say, even if it was false, I actually won the election. Yes, so just to make clear for the listeners, as I read it, and please pull me up if I'm misinterpreting this, the special counsel has said it's not a crime to be dishonest about about something like this. Yes, it's not a crime. Because you're covered by, by the First Amendment yes. of, for free speech. But it is a crime if your dishonesty is an actual central factor to the conspiracy. Yes, and people sometimes misunderstand. The First Amendment has, as you know, an almost quasi-religious significance. Uh, well, it's amazing. I'm, and it, again, it's, it's worth just saying it is uh, how much it sits in the american psyche it really does it's i mean astonishing a, a, along with the second amendment for guns yeah, so yeah. it really it really does so that's a powerful element but it's not the case that the first amendment is absolute and if the use of the speech that we're talking about uh, the actions we're talking about leads to imminent um criminality which is where we're, we we then get to then you're not protected by the First Amendment. Yeah. And Smith's point in the indictment is, yes, it, he had that right, but he didn't have the right to conspire against the electoral system to put all kinds of illegal yeah. pressure on people. So it's a clever way of um, acknowledging that. However, it is nonetheless the case that, you know, First Amendment rights do often prevail. So one has to bear that in mind. The second problem is that Trump will certainly say, well, I was just following my lawyer's advice, which also has powerful resonance in, in American courts and right. elsewhere. So that'll be the defence. The problem he's got is that he's um, in Washington, D.C. for this, and he has a judge um, who was appointed by uh, Barack Obama, um, Tanya Chutkan, who's a U.S. district judge, uh, chosen randomly, however... Unfortunately for Trump, she has a lot of previous with January the 6th defendants. She's a tough, very clever, 
born in Jamaica, rose through the ranks, very impressive judge, and she'll take no nonsense. And she's got form for set, for hard sentencing, hasn't she? Yes, yeah, and, and specifically on yeah, January exactly. So, yeah. um, and, you know, a jury in Washington, D.C., not necessarily likely to a priori be well disposed to Trump. We'll yeah. see. So it, it's in the balance, and yeah. it may not play out before the election next November. Who knows? And even if it does, let's say he's convicted, Trump could appeal. Uh, Big question mark as to whether he'd be allowed out on bond. It's possible that he could be convicted before the election, put in jail and still run for president, isn't it? It's absolutely explicitly possible. Um, Eugene Debs was a socialist candidate in 1920 and ran for the office of the presidency. Now, he only got 3%. So What, from inside jail? From inside jail. Right, wow. right. There's absolutely nothing in the Constitution that uh, that says you can't. So yeah. you have a, a, a prospect where, and, you know, just to be, you know, not to get too deep in the weeds, but it's possible that he could be convicted but still be allowed to be out on bond. So you'd have a presidential nominee wearing an ankle tag. You know, again, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. But let's say he is behind bars um, or not. The interesting thing is he can run for the presidency and, as far as the Constitution is concerned, be president, but he can't vote. Wow. Because he's a felon. But (laughs) could he, once once he was president, he could then pardon himself? Well, there's absolutely no precedent for this. No, but as uh, as is 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 the case with everything Which really is kind of the, you know, the the kind of headline in a way. No one really knows. And I've been reading a lot of uh, commentary and and talking to a few people, and there is absolutely no guidance in the Constitution, in the American jurisprudence on can a president pardon him or herself? There's just no basis for that. Because Nixon was pardoned by... Gerald Ford, Ford, his successor. I uh, mean, you can pardon other people, but yeah, not yourself. Yeah. Um, now, more likely or equally likely is that he would try and get his attorney general to end the prosecution if it was still live or to catch some other means of escaping it. And, you know, the Democrat charge is that Trump is running against Biden just to avoid jail, which I, I, I think is not actually right. I think it's worse than that, which is what you were just saying about the the upside down nature of all this. And I think you have to step right back. So the New European was founded by you because you understood that 2016 Brexit, we were entering a new world. Yeah. And how right you were. I mean, I think the post-2016 world is incomparably different to the pre-2016 world. And Trump understands it. Mm. One of the things he understands is that, and this is very dangerous, is that there is a taste now for hating institutions, for hating the legal process, for hating elites, for believing politicians when they say the whole system is rigged. Um, And so when he, Trump, is prosecuted, instead of in the old-fashioned way, everyone running a mile, as, as, by the way, the Republican Party did from uh, Nixon towards the end of Watergate, actually, the Republican Party to speak not yet of the the, elect, the broader, broader electorate, is has has hardened it around. I mean, you know, Ron DeSantis, who is a pitiful 37 points behind Trump for the nomination, and isn't going to get it, mm. uh, governor of Florida, has been very uh, careful not to condemn Trump. He's towed the line on this is the, the, the 
Department of Justice being weaponized by the Biden administration. Vivek Varaswamy, who was supposed to be the great sort of young hope of the Republican Party, saying the same, you know, I would pardon Trump if I became president. You know, the Republican Party of Lincoln and Theodore Roosevelt and Eisenhower is gone now. Mm. It's a personality cult. And is there, just pause for a second. Is there, so let's let's just because obviously we're sitting here presuming that that that's not the case. But is there an argument to say that Biden is seizing on this and doing everything he can to to aggravate? Well, uh, Biden is not a saint. He's a politician. No. I don't think there's any evidence of Justice Department being abused by Biden. So I don't, I don't, I've, I've yet to see anything that suggests that there's anything improper yeah. in the indictments. And Jack Smith is an independent special counsel. He's not a creature of the Biden he's White not a, House. He's not, he's not no. Biden. I mean, he was appointed yeah, by Merrick Garland, yeah, yeah, the Attorney yeah. General, but there's nothing in his makeup or indeed the way he's behaved or yeah. indeed the indictment that would make you think this guy is, he's not like Rudy Giuliani, for example. Right. He's right. not just a crazed Bidenite, quite the opposite. I mean, he's a rigorous lawyer. Right. Um, but your point about what Trump understands yes, about ultimately it's the people that will decide and that the independence of the judiciary, uh, free speech, the, the, the power of the press... And that, you know, the, and the place that the press plays in in a modern democracy, all of those things can fall by the wayside as long as he can get enough people to say Trump's on my side, and they're victimizing, He's they're my persecuting guy. him. He's my yeah. guy, and every time they come out with a fresh set of charges, it proves. How right I am to and support And he's so it. clever the way he goes about it. I yeah. think he is. And I don't think it's intellectual. I think it's, it's instinctive, yeah. which is more dangerous yeah. because I don't think he has to calculate it. Um, he, sent an, he sent an email to his supporters saying, he doesn't use the word prosecution, he used the word persecution. Yes. And he said, you know, they've come in for me, but if they get me, then their grip on you will tighten. And yes. I will never allow them to get hold of you it's, the way you know, they got Every time hold of me, you know? I get indicted, you're yeah. being indicted. Exactly. Which yeah. is a very... Clever message. And I think the problem with all of this is that I'm 100% behind this indictment. I think that America suffered because of Ford pardoning Nixon. There was never a moment of reckoning. However, that was way back in 1974. In 2023, in this new world, there's an expectation for people who still live in the pre-2016 world that if Trump is convicted, that's the catharsis the movie is over. Yeah. Afraid not. You know, it just doesn't work that way. The, there was a poll in the New York Times this week, um, admittedly before the indict- this indictment was announced, which had Trump and Biden level pegging. Now there is, under the rules of politics with which we were brought up, that's insanity. Yeah. It's pure insanity. But it's the way it's working. And he's pulling, he's pulling so far ahead of DeSantis and the other... Um, uh, contenders for the Republican nomination, that it's really very hard to see whatever happens, how he's going to be denied it. So this guy that was comprehensively defeated in the 2020 election, um, then there was January the 6th, then his nominate nominees, Trump's nominees in the midterms in 2022, didn't do that well, but he's still the top guy. And, you know, three in 10 Americans, three out of 10 Americans, not Republicans, but Americans, believe that the 2020 election was stolen from him, which is a terrifying, it's it's a terrifying figure. And I think that 
what it means is that what we're we're staring down the barrel of a really dangerous moment for US democracy specifically and democracy generally, which is he's probably going to be the almost certainly going to be the nominee. Um, and who knows in what legal situation he'll be yeah. come November for the, the election day. If even if Biden beats him, is he going to accept the result? You know, we are we are watching a kind of reemergence of MAGA two zero, yeah. which has all sorts of dangerous poisons in it. It's, it's interesting. I was just uh, just now looking at what um, some of the you know the people in the right wing ecosphere are saying, and as we know, someone we've talked about before on, on the podcast, uh, Tucker Carlson, has moved away from Fox and he's been replaced by this guy Jesse Waters. And this is what Jesse Waters had to say about the indictment. This is a main cable news channel presenter. He said, if this was political, this would be like a political war crime. This is overkill. This is political germ warfare. These are political war crimes. It's an atrocity. It's like not just dropping one atom bomb, you drop 15 dozen. Now, we know we know about Fox. Yeah. You know we know what it did during because of the case with um, uh, uh, Dominion um, voting systems, which was settled earlier this year. But this is even more extreme. Yeah. You know they are they yeah. are stoking up yeah. people's fury. Now, not everyone in America watches Fox. There's a lot of independents still undecided, and I don't think there's much that Trump has done since 2020 that will impress them. Yeah. On the other hand, let's look at 2024. What if there's an economic slump in the States? What if, more probably, sadly, Biden's health continues to, to degenerate? What then? Yeah. And you're, you're looking at a very, an atmosphere that is, to say the least, febrile. Yeah. And also, I think what it illustrates to me, you know, time and time and time again, is how little we in the UK understand America as a whole. Yes. We think we understand America because we go to New York or we go to uh, California on holiday, you know, we, and we think about the coast. Yes. But when you're in the middle of America, I remember going to uh, Arizona for a, a work world. thing and getting into the back of a taxi. Different world. And arrogantly, maybe a bit jet lagged, but arrogantly chatting to this taxi driver big guy who, who looked a bit like Joe Rogan. Maybe it was Joe Rogan. But I, think, <laughs> but I said to him, uh, so how's Trump working out, right? Yeah. In a very limey, sarcastic yeah, yeah, yeah. way. The guy pulled the car to the side of the road, turned around and said, Donald Trump's the best thing that's ever happened to this country. Don't you forget it. And, and then just drove on. I was like, okay. <laughs> again, you have to give it to Trump. He saw this coming. Do you remember in June 2015 when he came down the golden escalator? Yeah. And started all this. this is eight years ago. It's amazing. Um, and I put my hands up, you know, at that point I was, I hadn't realised what was coming. And I just thought this is going to be entertaining, uh, offensive, and uh, and then it'll all be over and one of the other 17 candidates, however many there were then, uh, is going to be the Republican nominee. Not only did he win the nomination, he won the bloody election, right? Yeah. Um, and at every point he's understood. So, I was, I was looking up the famous quote, January 2016, he says in uh, in Iowa, this is long before he's the nominee, long before the election, I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, okay, and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay. It's like incredible. Now, at the, I remember at the time, this 
up the sneer factor. Everyone said, this guy is ridiculous. But actually, we've now reached that place where he's totally at odds, totally embattled by the legal system. And the more so he, he the more he is embattled, the better he does. Yeah. Um, and I think that this represents a huge challenge to the Republic, the American Republic. But it also represents a huge challenge to us because the lessons of Trump's stamina and survival are that we're all, if we kind of congregate as a kind of new European people who want to get re restore uh, internationalism and fight nationalism and a kind of evidence-based approach to policy and all those good things, common decency. If we're going to do that, we can't do it using the old tools. And I think, you know, we've talked about this with Starmer. You mentioned the need for emotional narrative. Spot yeah. on. You know, the people that are going to beat people like Trump, and there are people like Trump in the national conservative movement in the UK, not to mention all yeah. over... Who see him as a model. Who see him as a model, not to yeah. mention all over the European Union. Yeah. We're going to have to do a different kind of politics, which is not like Trump, we don't want that kind of right-wing lying populism. Yeah. But it's going to have to speak to the heart as well as the head. And liberals love data, they love evidence, and, you know, what's not to like? It's yeah. good stuff, but it's not. It's just not enough in modern digital politics. So there's a. Th this is going to be a massive story. It's also a global story. And, I mean, just it's, it's worth mentioning, uh, this is a way, way of winding up on this subject, is that I spoke to a couple of security sources and I said, what do you think all this means for Ukraine? And they both said, Vladimir Putin is trying to run out the clock. He thinks Trump is going to win and that when he does, he will be, a he, Putin, will be able to get his way in Ukraine. Jesus And that Christ. is, a, I mean, this is, look, this is speculative. We all yeah. know that but it's a, it's a intelligence, coming, intelligence coming out of the thought, Kremlin yeah. Is, yeah. is not, of the greatest, but yeah. there's this absolute clarity that that's what Putin wants. He's he's in. Of he's course, in, he's in for the whole drink. Yeah, and you know if he can hang on in there for eighteen months, yeah. he gets because Trump will end the alliance of of assistance, and once America is out of that, then it's over. The alliance yeah. will yeah. will collapse. Well, okay, big well, stakes. That is big time. Uh, well, let's take a bit of a breather. Come back after an advert, and let's talk about another controversial blonde American yes okay. Klaus, Klaus Barbie <laughs> how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So, Matt, Barbie. Don and Barbie. Don and Barbie. Don and Barbie. Yeah. So Barbie, it's a <laughs> very, be- very beautiful outfit you've got there. This is a persecution. This is a persecution. persecution. I see that you were manufactured in China. And I can touch you in that. No, we won't. No, 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 no. no, we, no. Won't no we won't go there. Although that would be the kind of joke that yeah, yeah. would be would appear surprisingly in Barbie. Have the movie. you seen the film? I have, and yeah. and uh, and uh, here's here's the thing: is that. Um, I did the Bob and because I'm sad and love movies. <laughs> you, you, you are the you, you, uh, most cultural man I've ever met. That's a very nice way of saying sad and lonely. And uh, <laughs> so on the Friday, J- July the 21st, it was in my diary. Oh, bye, bye, bye. It, it was, you know. Was really? I, yes, it was, really? sadly. I went 8, 10 in the morning to IMAX in Waterloo and watched Oppenheimer and then, and then went and had a kind of lunch. But my head was still full of atom bombs and, you know, oh, God. So wait, you saw you I saw, saw Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer first, right, right, on the huge screen. And I was days in the morning. Well, it, oh. they were they were running hot round yeah, the clock wow. because it, because I, people want to see it in IMAX. And then I, after lunch, I went to see uh, Barbie in uh, at uh, the Everyman in King's Cross, and I, I didn't do it justice because my head was still full of um, oh, you know, how do I feel? Trinity test, Hiroshima, yeah. you know, nuclear <laughs> weapons. Are they any good? Or where, where am I? You know, and watching all this pink postmodernism, I yeah. didn't do it justice. And yeah. it, everyone in the, the cinema was laughing and having the top time. And I thought, oh God, but you know, what about you know, what if Putin starts nuclear war? Oh God, you know, where will we hide? So I I went back when when we discussed. Um, doing it this week yeah. Barbie I thought I'm going to go back and give another try and I'm really glad I did because what, what changed in... between first viewing and second well I wasn't watching it after Oppenheimer <laughs> so you know my, my first you know top tip is don't watch it after yeah. you know watching a nuclear test on IMAX you know uh, it's not fair to Greta Gerwig or Margot yeah. Robbie as Barbie or yeah. Ryan Gosling brilliantly as Ken good film right well tell me what you think well I so first off I feel having watched it and been sort of exposed to the, the, the patriarchy thesis that runs throughout it. I feel really on dangerous ground even commentating Oh, on we it. are cancelling ourselves. Yes, I mean, we may as... Even by... We're like the... One of the guys says, um, a podcast hosted by two wise trees. Yes. That's us. <laughs> but, I, I mean, it, first off, it wasn't what I was expecting no, at absolutely all. not. Uh, I thought it was... So at first, I thought it was really courageous of Mattel, who obviously make Barbie, yeah. uh, 
to to be so kind of self-exposing. Self-subversive. You I know. mean, honestly, but then as things settled and I kind of belatedly as ever woke up to the bleeding obvious, I thought, my God, they've played me like an absolute... I don't puppet, think it was bleeding you know? obvious, actually. I think that the this was as franchise... Presumably this is going to be a franchise. I don't know if it's going to be a franchise, yeah. but this cannot be the end. I mean, it's, sort no. of, it's made... Our last checked, it's made seven hundred and seventy-five million bucks globally. Amazing. It's the Amazing. biggest opening by a female director, Greta Gerwig, yeah. ever. Yeah. So it's a, a landmark film and already. It's very funny, and it's very funny. But the biggest kind of my god moments in it are when you see the old Barbies that actually existed. Yes, like Sugar Daddy Barbie. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> like this sort of Barbie, Hugh Hefner style. Yes, and and, and and the Barbie with the boobs that yes, that grow. And the fact that they had a pregnant Barbie but decided it was too weird. Too and, weird. And to think, yeah, it was full of layers, and yeah. so I suppose it's worth mentioning to the four people left in Britain who haven't seen it. Um, that it's you've got Barbie Land in which Margot Robbie as Barbie and and uh, one of the Barbies and Ryan Gosling stereotypical Barbie she's called a yeah. uh, brilliant Ryan Gosling as Ken and there's something starts to happen to Barbie stereotypical Barbie Margot Robbie and she goes to see Weird Barbie played brilliantly by Kate McKinnon mm. who says well actually you're looked after your doll your counterpart doll in the real world is is obviously suffering. And this, it turns out, is a, an adult, America Ferreira, playing a character called Gloria, who has a daughter called Sasha, yeah. who, when Barbie and Ken inevitably go into the real world, yeah. Sasha called Barbie a fascist. <laughs> so you, <laughs> said, you said the feminine cause, the feminist cause, by 50 years, yes, you fascist. A, you fascist. Um, <laughs> Barbie can't, can't all of cope this. at all. Yeah. Meanwhile, Ken goes back yeah. to Barbie land having discovered patriarchy in the real because, world. Well, to, also to explain, Ken is really, doesn't, Ken, in Barbie world, Ken has no existence he unless is, Barbie is looking is at him. but into, an adjunct. Yeah, uh, none of the Kens Barbie do. Land yeah. is, a, is a feminist paradise where, yeah. as they very sarkily say at the, the top, you know, all problems for women have been resolved. <laughs> yes. um, and Ken is, his only function is yeah. to, you know, look great and dance with Barbie, and, and he's an appendage. And he's without an appendage, without an appendage, yeah. and to lead a hopelessly unconsummated uh, uh, love for yeah. Barbie. Um, but he goes to the real world, and he discovers patriarchy in the world in which it's a man's world, and he thinks, "I'll have some of this," and yeah. takes it back to <laughs> Barbie Land, where. You know, Barbie is left in real world, and then by the time she gets back to Barbie Land, Ken has, you know conducted a patriarchal revolution and, and there's that very funny moment where he's speaking to the who is it he's the chief exec of some company he's applying for a job for oh yes and he says and Ken complains that he can't get a job because he hasn't got any qualifications and he says you, you're not doing the patriarchy enough and the guy looks at him and says yes we, we are, are. we're just, just much more clever at clever it clever about days. it it's very good yeah. it's, it's always worth a bit of a self-awareness check I think if you totally. are a privileged white middle-aged male yeah um, but there's a guy where they're, pl- they're pretending to be you know bimbos you know yes. to try and distract the men from, yes. from the, the takeover they're planning and I thought it was so true. There was a guy, there was a Barbie sitting at a table saying, as a man po- pa- walked past saying, this Photoshop is just so complicated. I, and, and the guy walks over Leans and says, no, over. You, you need to click there when you need to select one of the layers before. And it was just so the well, mansplaining. Of as everything you can imagine, the, yeah, the yeah. moment that I was, I was totally busted. I just wanted to put my hands up in the <laughs> cinema was the, uh, the Ken explaining to the uh, Barbie about the Godfather. Yeah. 
I thought, yep. <laughs> seen and busted. Oh, oh let me explain oh, it to you. Great. Oh, that sounds fascinating. Yeah. The best thing about the Barbenheimer phenomenon is you've got two totally different, hugely intelligent movies that are just packing them in. Yeah. And I think, by the way, that Christopher Nolan, and I think he knows this, owes Greta Gerwig a big drink because there's absolutely no doubt that more people went to see Oppenheimer yeah. on the back of this. Isn't it great that, that for, for, especially for people of our age, cinema events, um, you know, we tried to book Barbie. I wanted to take my, my kids. We couldn't really, get four seats together. It's really busy. It was packed out the whole, no, it's you know. It's incredible. Um, and, um, well, as I confess in this week's The European, I've now seen <laughs> Oppenheimer four times, which is... Yeah really crazy but that is fairly hardcore it is are you seeing somebody about this um professional help is being sought from a quantum <laughs> physicist um but but actually and on every occasion yeah i you know i've kind of had to grab a seat here and it's um it's here and there they the both yeah. films are still running round not round the clock but you know all yeah. day they're they're show, having 10 a.m showing so yeah. this is a cultural phenomenon which we can really embrace and be happy about let's do a very quick switcheroo on oppenheimer then because there was another yes. controversy where david Badil yes took christopher nolan to task for for not having a jewish actor play robert oppenheimer yes thoughts well First of all, I'm very pro Badil and I'm very pro his first book, Jews Don't Count, yeah. because I think it, esta- it really nailed an issue that partly because of the Corbyn anti-Semitism controversy had been dogging the political discourse, which was what's going on here. And Badil's point is Jews are not a religion primarily. They're an ethnic minority. And his point, I think, about Oppenheimer is I don't know whether he's really saying it should have been entirely you know because there are many jewish nuclear physicists involved not least oppenheimer who's played brilliantly by uh killian murphy who's an irish guy yeah. um i don't know whether david is saying every single jewish nuclear physicist should have been played by a jewish actor or actress but i know what he calls jew face um this became an issue when helen mirren was cast as a in a forthcoming movie about Golda Meir, which is, look, you know, if this was any other ethnic minority, I mean, can you imagine if Daniel Day-Lewis was cast as Mandela? You know, there wouldn't it wouldn't get past the... What, if he blacked up? Well... As David Badil has done in the past. Right, that's the point. And, he, yeah. and to be fair to Badil, he has apologised in yeah, the although, documentary. Well, let's hold that thought for a second, because he did apologise, but it took him 25 years. No, sure. To, I mean, uh, I, I, I don't... I'm, do you not think there's a there's a slight element... I mean, I'm a massive David Badil yeah. fan. I do question sometimes when he makes public statements about him being a public intellectual in the, in the well, French mold. And I kind of think, mate, honestly, wind your neck in a little bit. And I do think there's you do forfeit a little bit the right to occupy the moral high ground when you've done stuff like that in the past and you've talked about having a looking a bit like a pikey or you've blacked up to Look, humiliate a black footballer. There, it, as as many comedians have discovered to their cost, yeah. it's a difficult uh, transition to make because if you've taken risks as good comedians do and made mistakes as all comedians do and he has and he admits it but they were fairly egregious yes and you, you can know. and 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 i mean in the channel 4 documentary yeah. on jews don't yeah, count yeah. he he kind of confronted this and 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 it, it was a tense moment um but where i the where i think i'm i'm with him is that until we start to see jewish people as an ethnic minority fully 
then this debate won't be over because the truth is that most people don't. They see uh, Jewish people as either white adjacent or, Mm -hmm. and this is, I think, one that really upsets a lot of Jewish people given the history of the 20th century, as so powerful that they're not entitled to the protections of yes. powerless ethnic yeah. minorities. Which, and of it, course, is... Well, you know, um, to look at the history of the Jewish people, it's of not course, to look at the yeah, history of, of, a, of a power. But, I, I mean, I think... I think, I but think, taking it back to his, his specific complaint yes. then, do should people, in your view... Let's 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 say Killian Murphy was the best actor available in terms just in terms of being able to present Oppenheimer on a screen as an actor. Would you take someone with lesser acting ability but with Jewish heritage? Um, no. And would but, that improve but, the film? No. But what I think, all I think he's asking for, and I I would agree with him, and I don't see any evidence in Christopher Nolan's casting of that wonderful movie, um, is that there was any attention paid mm-hmm. to. Um, the Jewishness of the actors. So yeah. uh, Bernie Safdie, I think, plays um, Edward Teller, who was the yeah. father of the H-bomb. But that's about it. Yeah. Um, Neil Spohr, who's, who was a partly Jewish heritage, the greatest quantum physicist of all time, arguably, is played by Kenneth Brown, who's definitely not Jewish. Yeah. And I think all that David Baddiel is really asking for is, guys, couldn't this at least be a factor? Yeah. Not to your point that, you know, Killian Murphy puts in an absolute stunning potentially Oscar winning performance yeah. he looks like him yeah. he sounds like him he's brilliant but I think that the point that it's very hard to make a movie that's about the development of an atom bomb to stop the Nazis who at the time were you know murdering the relatives of all these no, physicists of course, yeah. you know there has to be some sensitivity to um, Jewish ethnicity and I suspect there wasn't any and it, you know I I understand why he's raising it. That's all right. Well, that's. A, I mean, it's a fascinating. It really is. Faci- and it's a very multi-layered debate. It is and, and it and it obviously uncomfortable. It makes me feel uncomfortable challenging it because I'm neither Jewish nor you but know. I think that's. Uh, do you know what? I, I think that's all he wants is yeah. for us to have uncomfortable conversations. Well, that's good. And then, uncomfortable yeah. conversations are good, by the way. Yeah. I mean, there there aren't enough of them. I the agree. words "comfort zone" should be you know excised. From, yeah. They should be banned. So, all right. So, what haven't we had time to well, talk well, about? The deal was one. Um, yeah. Rishi Sunak. I'm it's, <laughs> uh, my weekly gripe. How to frame it? This week, I'm this week. I'm mostly upset with Rishi Sunak because <laughs> I cannot bear his geezer act. Yeah. He's doing a sort of Clarkson. So, first of all, we had the nonsense about I love motorists, I love cars, yeah. I love. I'm fed up. Motorists getting yeah. whacked over there. You know, by, and now my government. He did this Twitter thing, um, which was you know hands off the British boozer, right? And yeah. again, do you remember we had this last week with the um, the Brexit has allowed us to make cannibal meat in the Greg, That's right. Greg That's Wallace, right. That's right. Uh, documentary, which we loved so much. Um, he says in this Twitter thread, or X thread, as we must now learn to call it, that uh, I want to protect the price of your pint at the pub. And now the UK has left the EU, we could do just that. And it's one like thing, Phil Daniels, one back, thing, well, you know, life. pub, park life. <laughs> one thing that I do like about what Elon Musk has done with X yeah. is that he's put in these this community um, commentary thing where right. you can basically fact check. Yeah, and someone. Smart has just put in, you can do all these inside the EU. All the measures he's taking to help yeah. pubs. Completely, this is the great lie. Completely, completely the, great lie we, the great lie is uh, 
it went from being the EU or doing these things to ruin your yes. life to now we couldn't have done this while we were in yeah. the EU. That's now the great lie. And, yes. and 99.9% of it is pure bullshit. You know, we, we'd still be in lockdown if we were in the EU, yeah, right? Yeah, you yeah, know, thank yeah. God we left. That's right. Uh, but I thought this was a particularly egregious example. And I'm getting increasingly irritated by Sunak's attempt to be normal. Yeah. You know, he did it again. He said, I'm off to Disneyland. I really like Disneyland. It's one of my kind of, you know, guilty pleasures. Um, and uh, he's ruined that He's now. not. He's off to bloody California, though, in truth, isn't yes, he? Yes, he's, he's off to a, stay in his fancy house. While and, uh, Greenpeace have, have covered his house in Yorkshire in black kind of tarpaulins. You'd have to have a heart of stone not to <laughs> laugh, wouldn't you? I mean, I know we're all meant to disapprove, so it's a yeah. terrible security breach, but it's also extremely funny. I think fa- fantastic. I love it. On him. Absolute I love bloody hypocrite. Yeah, I'm, and, you know. Uh, and, and the fact that he is... You know, willingly, because he's an intelligent guy. Oh, yeah. The fact that he is knowingly, willingly uh, prejudicing the futures of our children. Oh, it's amazing. Just to win some bloody well, votes you, at the next election. As you've said on this podcast before, how do you sleep at night? I mean, he was doing the, he was doing that, his his green tour of Scotland, wherein he announced 100 new licenses for drilling oil and gas in the North Sea. And the pool re- interviewer said to him, isn't it a bit odd, Prime Minister, that you're off to do... Uh, you know, a, a green tour of Scotland in a private jet. Yeah. And he doesn't like having oh, it up. He's so he, prickly, he, isn't he? He bristled and he said, in a wonderful non-secretary, yeah. he said, so you're against people going yeah. on holiday, are So if you? your answer is to, oh, to ban holidays, you want to ban then holidays. I think you're totally wrong. You want to take holidays yeah. away, which, as we know, if we were still yeah. in the EU, holidays would yeah. be banned, right? Exactly. <laughs> How de- and the poor guy was going, but no, no, but that's not what... You know, that's not what... No. He's a silly person. That's my final thought on the matter. Well, listen, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. To echo Silly Danny person. Dyer's word. Twat. <laughs> he really is. And, and Matt Hill, the wonderful Matt Hill, the third Matt, our great producer, is shouting at us, we've got no more time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the referee has blown the whistle. Remember, folks, the latest edition of the New European is on newsstands now. It's actually our double-issue summer special. Summer special. Yeah, it's fantastically... Bumper. Although I would obviously lie and say this if it wasn't the case, but it is fantastic. It is it's full of fantastic top stuff. stuff. Really great reading. £3.95 if you're not a subscriber. But if you're not a subscriber, why not? Subscribe. All you've got to do is go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two M-A-T-T-S. And I will personally give you a fantastic Burgundy bollocks to Brexit passport cover. So you can display that with great pride in whatever customs queue or, or border queue you happen to be stuck in. Uh, another Brexit benefit. Yeah, another Brexit benefit. So thanks as always to Matt Hill, the third Matt at uh, Rethink Audio, our brilliant producer. And until next week... It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.